Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and children of all ages. Today is a fantabulous day. It's such a great day. I just made up a word, but let me tell you why else it's a great day. You've got friends out there all over the world, and the use of social media allows you to connect with those friends. You can't choose your family, but you can choose your friends. Reach out to someone today and say, hey, friend, I'm glad you're in my life. Remember, folks, don't get caught up in the little things that you cannot control. That's just wasted energy. Let's go ahead and get this Monday morning going. It's time to play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. Plugged in, plugged in, plugged in. Testies. One, two, three. Ha ha ha, I gotta turn the mic on. That may help. Welcome to the Crude Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. My name is Jason Spies, and my mic is turned on this morning on a Monday. What does that say when you start your Monday off without your mic and you're muted? (laughs) Your voice cannot be heard out of the week, man. man. Let's turn. We hear you. Week around out of the gate. Holy smokes. You know what the funny part is about this particular week is that uh, this is our we're caught up. Yeah, we're finally actually on time. Time machine has been put in motion. Now, folks, for those people who are. not familiar with the time machine with three E's. Three E's in time machine. In the word machine, there's three E's. Four if you include time machine. Right. Which we never said no. before, so no. that might be confusing to and some And ours people. isn't a DeLorean. It's my tripped out Hyundai. So for those people who are curious about the time machine, well, I guess you'll never know. Yeah. But for those people who listened the last couple of weeks... You'll know exactly that a Thursday show was recorded on a Monday, but did not air till Friday. It's kind of a Bill and Ted's thing going on for last week, you know? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I was the role of Bill and Ted, and you were sort of the George Carlin. Napoleon. Navigating us through. Napoleon was fun. Socrates. Yeah, Socrates was a blast. (laughs) Ziggy Piggy. (laughs) Ziggy Piggy. Ziggy Piggy. Have you seen the new one? I haven't seen the new one. I have not. Sean Penn's brother. Uh, Alex, uh, what's his name? Sean Penn's brother. Chris Penn. Is that his name? Chris Penn? Uh, Yeah, yeah. He plays Alex E. What's his name? (laughs) Theodore... Okay, who are the two people in there? Okay, Keanu Reeves. What's his name? Ted Theodore Logan. Ted Theodore Logan. Who's the other guy? Oh, man, now I'm going to have to look it up. It's Bill like, S. Preston. Bill, yeah, like S or Esquire. Bill S. Preston Esquire. Yep. Ted Theodore Logan. Anyway, not Keanu Reeves, but the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> he he looks a little little agey to me. He aged well, a little uh, bit. That's what Alex Winter. Alex Winter, name. thank yeah. you. English-American actor and filmmaker. Is he Sean Penn's brother? No, he is not. That's just a rumor? I guess. Click on his Wikipedia Well, his last page. name is Winter. Well, it doesn't so. matter. Emilio Estevez <laughs> and uh, Charlie Sheen are now brothers. Now, that totally confused me. Right? They're years. brothers, right? They are. Yeah. yeah so I'd like to know the story behind that. I thought that. Sean Penn and Alex Winter were brothers. Just um, like the guy from Wayne's World, Noah's Arcade, you know? No. Did no. You... He was born in London. Okay. No. 
Well, there's an urban legend that was yeah. debunked right there. Chris Penn. Now, he was in Reservoir Dogs, and he's been in True Romance, and he was in a bunch of other things. He's Sean Penn's brother. So there I mixed it. I just mixed You just got up. your... Yeah, you just... The guy sure. that wasn't Steve Ducey. Right. I just mixed that up completely. <laughs> so I just got old. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, I saw Alex Winter for the first time since the last Bill and Ted's. And yeah, he's older because so am I. 20 some years. So that must have been a moment like 20 years ago where somebody just mentioned that. And, I and just, it stuck. I just, oh, okay. That's just Alex. Yeah. Uh, Sean Penn's brother. Dude, that's the problem nowadays with memes and stuff like that. Like my kid, my teenage kid will come to me with history lessons that have been conveyed to her through Simpsons memes, you know, and it's totally wrong. This was an individual personal Mandela effect that that I did to myself. It was a Mandela. That's what we just experienced was a debunking and a unraveling of a personalized Mandela effect. Sorry to tear down your dreams, man, but <laughs> sorry to kill your past. Aren't Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez brothers? They are brothers. They're like half-brothers, right? There's something. I don't know. Well, I, look it up. Okay, hey, as, long as, as long as we're tearing apart my childhood, <laughs> did Nicole Eggert not sleep with both Corys in the same movie, too? Oh, I think that definitely happened. Okay, that was, I don't know that, if it was in the movie. That was more than a dream, okay. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it happened in real life. Nicole so. Eggert was my childhood crush as opposed to uh who's the other one that's going um all political now uh who's the boss her oh uh, Alyssa milano Alyssa milano that's that was right. everybody's childhood crush i was a charles in charge nicole eggert kind of a guy oh yeah she that's had right. the big hair and the shoulder pads if i remember right in my mind she was more obtainable more <laughs> that's basically what it boils down to now you see now that says something when even in your fantasy life you're like nah, that's i just can't even buy that i, I heard can't casey suspend. musgraves is single again really i might spend the summer down in texas just on the off chance i'll just hang out at the places that she frequents and just keep tripping my biggest crush as a kid was mary lou retton the 1984 olympics wonderkin do you remember her are you are you joking no Okay, I, I was going to laugh. Like, I, I you know, kind of like, you know, instead of getting a Pete Rose haircut, right. you get a Mary Lou Retton. You know, I thought you were making a joke. No, man, she was adorable. She was awesome. Okay. Yeah, I was in fourth grade, and she was like this little dynamo. I mean, yeah. Tanya Harding was kind of dirty. I get that. Uh, Mary Lou Retton, though? Was I, she attractive? I thought so. Okay. She was cute, okay, and she no, was Okay, no, I'm not funky. here to judge. I'm yeah. not here to judge. I had judge. a poster, you know? What are we talking about? I don't remember. What we, Charlie don't... Sheen, Emilio Estevez. I don't know. You have me on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't even talk about wild things. The best Charlie Sheen female movie there is. I've watched 90 seconds of that movie, and it was incredible. It's a really good movie, though. Yeah. No, it's a really good movie. Like, the, the plot is really good. Yeah. There's, there's a... Outside of the steamy threesome, mm-hmm. outside of just the the... Denise Richards, the hottest woman alive factor. Um, it's a good movie. Yeah. Kevin Bacon's in that too. That's Kevin Bacon has been in everything. Speaking of Kevin Bacon, we got to get on some oil and gas talk here because <laughs> this is The Crude Life. Folks, welcome to The Crude Life. My name is Jason. Sp- that was a long intro. <laughs> that was <today>. a long- <laughs> My name is Jason Spees. That is Sterling. Generally, we try to have a little bit of banter before we actually start the official play hard or part of the portion. In this case, this one went on for seven minutes. 
seven minutes, we basically just screwed around on hey, a Monday it's morning. Monday. I've had all this pent up all weekend. It's nice to be able to get it all out. <laughs> pent man. up. Pent Boy, up. You Kate's know? Man Cave is not our sponsor this week. <laughs> Let's keep it in your... She's our spiritual sponsor. <laughs> She's our spiritual animal, <laughs> Kate's man. You know what? She's our spiritual sponsor. Absolutely. Go. Absolutely. That's beautiful. <laughs> oh, man. That's better than Kurt's frack sand. <laughs> I don't know, man. That, that sounds like a breakfast a cereal. Company I just made up. Kurt's so. frack sand. Kurt's frack sand. Yeah. What's, and who's my favorite LinkedIn? Mark Wang. Mark Wang. That's it. Mark Wang. That's my favorite LinkedIn you, friend you, yet. You can't go wrong with the Wang. I'm just not mature enough for LinkedIn still. No, uh-uh. Still. Okay, so let's get to uh, uh, Saudi Ramco, by the way, folks. We've got a lot going on here. Uh, we, had, we had a couple busy weeks, so I do apologize because Sterling and I are finally caught up to where we spent two weeks uh, catching up from... He was gone for five days, out-of-town jobs. Working for a living. Basically, they came in one after another, so it was, it was kind of like... Um, you know, when, when you're juggling two balls and then somebody throws a third in and then a fourth and a fifth. And you can juggle all five balls, but you'd rather not. But you do. And then I had four balls in my week. So it took us two weeks to get caught up with the Daily Show, and now we are. So we've got the Bakken Barbecue coming up. we got the OCI Permian chapter. There's a speaking uh, gig and a shale energy trade show, tra- uh, shale energy resources trade show. Uh, by the way, we added a booth down there now. Nice. By popular demand. So we're not only going to be, remember, we were originally going to do some uh, interviews at the uh, OCI booth yeah. after the luncheon. Mm-hmm. Well, now. Uh, Your own dedicated the spot. Huh? Sophisticated and sexy Sean Forbes. Mm-hmm. Well, she interviewed. Uh, Jeff Kennedy, the uh, organizer of the event, the president, right? Mm-hmm. And just based on you know the the popularity of his event and the popularity of the show and the fact that she's trying to replace both of our jobs, <laughs> and she already has. Uh, she's already got like two on her own. We've grown right. She's already taken the directory <laughs> she's world slowly, over. Holy, yeah, and and the events, glomming all of our jobs. She, she's got the directory and events done. Yeah. Now she's grabbing the the whole podcast world next, right? Yeah, that's fine. She just got back from the digital wildcatters this weekend, so I mean, who knows what's gonna? Honestly, she's more entertaining to listen to than we are. I mean, why do you think we're promoting? Don't her? say that to anybody. But <laughs> yeah, we we joke, but not really. <laughs> Let's be honest. We yeah. know where the talent is. So there's going to be an actual booth then, huh? Like a setup? So, yeah, and- we're going to have a booth. And so what we're, I was, I'm talking with Kate Hornbrook. Mm-hmm. She's the president of the Oilfield Connections International. Okay. And what I'm trying to convince her to do, I don't know if she's going to do it or not, hmm. but you know the bistro table that we're getting for the uh, Williston Basin? Yeah. Okay. I want to have that be our border. Okay. So then... That way, if people want to talk on their side and this and that, so I don't know how the logistics are going to work. Sure, I'm trying to, you know, me. I'm trying. I'm always trying to kumbaya something. And well, you know, that's what I like about it is it's it's uh you know it's a stand up type of thing like a bar. Yeah, it's very welcoming. You know, come on over, sit down, chat for a few minutes. We got some check out the plants. Things happening with the Industrial Forest Studios. Probably not the entire version going to make it down to Texas. No, that's a long haul. But part of it will. Yeah. The main elements will. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're going to have the Industrial Forest Studios debut 
at the Williston Basin Petroleum Conference. That is the big conference, folks, that's happening in the Bakken, Bismarck. Coming up in less than a month, July, um, May, May 11th, is May it? May 11th. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. May 11th. Right around the corner, man. I better get cracking on a few things. Uh, you've got, it's starting to come together now. 30 CEOs, chairmen, and presidents are going to be there, including the former Secretary of State, as well as I believe, uh, Harold Hamm is going to be there. CEO of Crestwood. What kind of spread of food they got at this type of thing? Unbelievable spread okay. of food. Yeah, they usually it's do. It's not just like crackers and cheese and stuff. It's. I think the last day you're on your own. Okay. That's more just... All right. Fend for yourself, right? The party's over, guys. Exactly. It's get out. It totally. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. It's one of those deals. And at first, I kind of chuckled, but then I thought, you know what? If I was in their shoes, I'd do the same thing. Yeah. Because well, no, and nobody wants to stay either. The right. last day, whatever it is, you know, or the it's either the first or the last day. There's a lag on one of the two. Yeah. It, it's so you got to cater to the to the. Uh, uh, the exhibitors. Well, it's like any other reunion or sleepover event. It's really fun for the first day, and right. by the end of the second day, you're ready to go home. And so, like either the like I say, either the first part kind of lags a little bit, or the second part lags a little bit. And and um, anyway, so oh, good thing going to be there to liven it up a little bit. And we're going to have some uh, giveaways as well at the Williston Basin Petroleum Conference. When I keep seeing all these hey, hard hats your, uh, around here, your artist connection is that going to happen? Which one? The Starbucks repurposed handbag? Yes, although I'm not sure if it'll be ready by 11th. Oh, so we might. Let's bring it down to Texas then. Yeah, I was going to say, it could definitely be ready by the time we go to Texas. Well, that'll make up for a little, you know, I feel like we're kind of robbing Texas because of logistics. <laughs> sure. Well, it's their fault I for being so far away. This will be nice. So, okay. So, oh boy, this is going to take some time. Oh, mm. Boy, how much is this going to cost us here? Holy smokes. Okay, so... What we've got... I know you, the maker. You, you explain what it is. Well, the, the bags? Yeah, what the bag oh, okay. is. Okay, yeah. So um, this is actually something I've seen around a while, but uh, people repurposing Starbucks coffee bags. You know, Or any coffee bag. Any coffee bag. But, you know, they're, they're that really sturdy... I don't even know. It's like an aluminum... Plastic. I call it a mylar. It is. It's like it is. honestly, I keep about a half a dozen in my vehicle for an emergency blanket just in case. If I was a kid wearing moon boots... Moon boots. Moon boots. For anybody with moon boots, they used to change colors with mm-hmm. the uh, with, with with the temperature or your foot sweat. And they'd come in two different. What there was an insert that was made out of foam that mm-hmm. would collect every ounce of moisture in the air, and then you'd slide it into this rubber thing. And they were the most uncomfortable. And after you wore them outside for 30 seconds, they were 100 pounds because they were so so, so, socking wet of everything. But what you'd end up doing is you put your feet in bread bags. And then you'd put them in the moon boots. Oh, so it would keep them drier? So you'd keep your feet dry. Man. They'd still freeze because they were cold, okay. but at least you wouldn't get hypothermia. Well, you know, you could do that with the coffee bags. Now with the co- coffee bags, that's what I would do. Yeah, well, it's like a thermal blanket, really. It's a mylar. But what people are doing or what people have been doing, including my mother, is basically they collect those bags, they cut them open, and then they sew them together and create tote bags, because shopping it, bags. Because it's sturdy. Man, those things, I've, I have a set of them that she got me over 12 years ago, you know, and they're kind of, they're better than the Ikea bags that you can get, those big duffel 
One. Are fanny packs really making a comeback? God, I hope not. I've seen them. I've seen them like... I had to wear a fanny pack when I traveled back in the day. I've seen high-end fanny packs, mm-hmm. okay? And now I'm starting to see... Why do we call them fanny packs? Nobody wore them on the fanny. Yeah, they started on the fanny. Right. They started behind. But that was like a pickpocket. A pickpocketer's like, thanks for making it all convenient for me with zippers and everything's already there. I, you know, actually where the fanny pack may have came, came from is the walkers and the weightlifters because you would, you'd switch it around for the earphones. Oh, sure. Because back then, you know, they had cords. Yeah. Yeah, none of this Bluetooth. Back in the day, we yeah. used to have a cord yep. connected to our it ear. A, it was a wax line connected to two cans. Oh, we used to call it a headset instead of earbuds. Mm-hmm. Walkman, you'd call it instead of an iPhone. I found a Walkman in a box uh, cleaning out my house the other day. Well, an actual Walkman. What time machine were you in? No, man, it was just stuff because I'm horrible at throwing things away. I'm like a hoarder, I guess. I think a digital time capsule would be amazing by the way yeah until there's an electric magnetic pulse and then it's all gone well no because it was it would be under the earth it okay. wouldn't it would like a faraday cage or something it would survive well, it would survive under yeah. earth it would under a certain amount of- i don't know i think it's funny we've got all this digital information i've got dvds and cds i burned a decade ago that don't work now yeah but you got papyrus that's five thousand years old that you can still read so Oh, I've thought of that many, many times as someone who is a writer. Mm-hmm. Okay, I one of the reasons I got into writing, I suppose, is the God complex of wanting to be documented in the annals of time, right? Yeah, yeah to make a mark. One of the reasons why I went out to the Bakken, I knew the Bakken would be written about in history classes. Mm-hmm. And then the reason I went to the more of the national is because I knew this is going to be known as the Shale Age. Mm-hmm. Okay, in the same way we had the Bronze Age, and we had the Dark Ages, and we had all these other... At some, I don't know if it'll be 10 years or 20 years or what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. It'll either be the Oil Age, and this will be a subsection of the Shale part of it, or this just might get its own name and known as the Shale Revolution. Yeah, I could Shale see that. Age. I could see that. Well, totally, absolutely. No. I mean, I don't know at what level it'll be covered, but it's going to be covered in history class mm-hmm. without a doubt. I mean, the amount of advancements we've been able to make because of uh, hydraulic fracturing mm-hmm. is exponential compared to what Jed Clampett oil brought us. Well, you think about when you and you know I... know what I mean by yeah, Jed Clampett yeah, oil? Yeah. That's the easy stuff the, we the, got. Yeah, the, yeah. the easy pickings. When, when you and I were growing up, when I was living over in, in Saudi Arabia, my dad's working for Aramco, you know, that was, that was the age where you sort of labored under the idea that American oil and gas was done. Right. It was done. It was never going to be it was either gone. It was never going to be beneficial or financially you know, capable of doing of doing it again. And Peak now oil, you mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. it just, you know, it, I grew up with the idea sort of that that the U.S. was no longer going to be a serious exporter, you know, was going to be always importer. And, you know, over the last what, two decades, we've essentially become self-sufficient. That's because the other of part. hydraulic fracking, because of natural gas, because of That's shale. interesting you say that because, you know, th- th- that's a political statement now. Just just saying something that is fact yeah. that's happened historically. We went from being energy dependent mm-hmm. to becoming energy independent to not only becoming energy independent, we had so much surplus we exported. 
Okay, think about that. That happened in that shale revolution time, okay? Now, with the new presidential administration, Mm -hmm. they're now making us dependent on foreign countries again for energy. Mm -hmm. That's a remarkable move for an administration that really no one's talking about. I, do you hear anybody ever talking about that? No, but I mean, you know, if you look at the plan, it's to transition to de- re- reusable energy. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. It's now political. Yeah. When you're just stating a fact, mm-hmm. which is, is that we here, here we, we were energy independent. And now we're going to go energy dependent, which if, if you're a country that wants to be self-sufficient, you would think that your fo- your food, your energy and your water would be top of the line right you know i've always looked at it's it's a national security thing oh totally you know i've always viewed education energy i mean some of the basic things as national security there's wars that have been fought throughout history in europe in particular because one country was like shit we don't have enough oil we better make sure we get enough oil that's another part of this that no one's talking about is you know if, if you talk to a few people that are in the higher ups when it comes to money okay They'll tell you, and at least they've told me, that the value of the dollar is really based on <laughs> whose military has mm-hmm. the might to protect this flow of oil. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, because that's the flow of energy yeah. and that's the flow of goods and services. Yeah. Yep. So the dollar is basically backed by the military mm-hmm. at the end of the day because they can protect the flow of the global oil supply, yeah, protect right? Protect trade lines and things like that. And if that. we're going away from that, well, that means the dollar, the, you know, the value of the dollar is just going to go down. Yeah. So good news for Bitcoin. Good news for, you know, foreign currency. Yeah. Bad news for American way of life. So if you're a Trump supporter, you you know, you do have some credence to, you know, that oh, we're losing America. Yeah, that is true. But that's just a global economy. That's part of the global economy. Totally. And yeah. You know, you look at what is it? The Chinese Yang? Is it the Yang? Yen. The, the, the Yen. The Yen? The Yen. Now, that'll probably become the global standard in the next 20 years or so. I think the ruble went away. My favorite. The ruble. Right? The Russian the ruble. ruble. I think they still have rubles, don't oh, they? Oh, do they? They might. I don't know. I'll have to Where check that out. Where can I get a ruble? I don't think you can get guilders can anymore. Can I get it at the duty shop? A du- duty the free. duty-free duty shop? Free. Yeah, who wants to go to a duty-free, man? <laughs> can I go to the duty-free <laughs> shop and I'll take $10 worth of rubles, please? <laughs> I oh, did, no, there's, a, there's an exchange place. I did smuggle some rubles out of <laughs> Russia when I went there on a school trip. International smuggling confessions well, that was on the, the thing crude is, life. When I went and visited, it was still the Soviet Union. Uh, you couldn't legally exchange dollars right my uh my sister so i've got three sisters that nobody's ever met right i had i didn't know you had a brother until recently i got three brothers jesus you big family are you the youngest catholic second youngest that's adorable i've got a brother who's uh 10 11 years now when you told me about all your hand-me-downs it makes sense yeah okay well i wanted to stop wearing the girls clothes right right? yeah Yeah. totally so Uh, so I've got three sisters that, uh, you know, no one, they, they were out of the house by the time I was pretty much born. Okay. Okay. So, um, one of them lives in Texas, right on the border. Okay. A border of Texas uh, borders a lot. Oh, I'm sorry. Mexico. Okay. Well, uh, I, I forget like, the Arkansas, name of the New Mexico. And we'll, we'll leave it out. So it's, it's by El Paso. Okay. We'll just call it that by in between El Paso and San Antonio. We'll just okay. say something like that. Well, you know, and, and she lived in Phoenix for a long time, too. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm recalling the story, 
this was when I was in Phoenix. So we then went down to the border to go to Mexico. Well, as long as we're telling the international smuggling sure. stories, I feel like I need to contribute. What right? did you smuggle? Oh, no, I'm narking her off first. And, oh. then, and, and then I'll get to my Tijuana story. We're, you know, we're just slowly getting through the borders here. So here I was probably eight or nine years old. Oh, so a hoodlum. So we were going down to Mexico for the day. And I, there's two things I remember about the trip. Two things. One, my dad brought down a dozen USA Olympic hats. So it must have been 1984. Okay. Okay, 1984. Which would make sense. I was born in 74, so there we go. I was 10 years old. There we go. So it was was right around that time. Well, he would trade these hats for all kinds of blankets and chess sets, and that was currency, man. Yeah, trade, man. And he did it because you're in Mexico, so you could old school barter. Yeah. And for him, old school bartering was American blue jeans. Right. For absolutely Russian caviar, yep, you know, yep, whatever it yep. happened to be. Totally. Exactly. So. I didn't get caviar, but I did trade blue jeans for things in Russia. So, yep. That's so funny. The stereotype is true. <laughs> well, there's a reason why stereotypes are and cliches are so common because they're based on some truth, man. So here, here I am just fascinated with this whole. Because keep in mind, I'm like a paper boy at this time. Well, and we've both. So I'm a business owner. You've at grown age up with 10. transaction. Right. So I'm used to money. Money. Well, this is really my first experience of, of real life in a store bartering, horse trading, it's man. It's cool, isn't it? This is, oh, this is cool shit, man. Makes people uncomfortable a lot and of it's times. And it's the foam hat with the, with the netting background. Oh, jeez. The foam USA with the, with the five Olympic rings. Yep. And you got the netting background. The only thing missing was that I'm excellent, you know? Oh. So... Some weird. I was thinking something to hold your beer can in a straw, but yeah, you know, like the when you go to Belize, unbelievable shirts, you know, the fun puns. Never been there. So that's one part I remember of that international. I don't even know what you'd call that. Is that smuggling? Whatever it is. No, I don't think so. You kind of. He didn't. You didn't steal it. He didn't disclose it at the customs. I'll tell you that. Okay. Whatever. The other one was my sister. I overheard her. She says to my dad, she goes, he goes, what are you doing? Because she's like doing something in her back of her pants, you know? Oh, man, what has she got back there? She goes, oh, I'm getting the stiletto switchblade out of my butt for my boyfriend. (laughs) She She smuggled a switchblade back. Oh, Oh, man. (laughs) I'm thinking going, the stiletto's the one that, that... Oh, yeah. oh, I hope she hope she arranged that the yeah, right way. Yeah, don't sit down too suddenly. <laughs> oh, man. oh yeah. And so for me, the one that I did was um That's pretty tame smuggling considering some of the stories you hear about people that are yeah. like got five pounds of cocaine in their stomach, you know, that kind of thing. Right, right, totally. And like, you know, what I did at uh, uh Mexico was, you know, I was underage and I smuggled back a small thing of tequila uh-huh. that had a worm in it. Ooh, oh, the actual worm. Yeah, it had a worm yep. in it, you know, so I, you know, I want, here I am risking international yep. what, crime. What would you call that? I'm I mean, not sure, but I, I have definitely been told you do not want to be in a Mexican jail if you can help. Could you imagine the cojones on, I mean, that's not, at that point, that's no, not, it's that's ignorance. Not, that's ignorance. It's, it's just that's total not, ignorance. That is there's, just there's, outright stupid, yeah, man. It's just, here's a, here's a, 
And I'm trying to think. It was like, uh, oh man, I had to. I and I remember wearing spandex specifically. <laughs> this was pre on meditated international smuggling. Oh man, you thought spandex was going to be a concealer? There's like nothing left no, to be imagined. No, I had oh. I had shorts on. Oh, but oh. spandex was my underwear for the day. That's perfect because it's going to be tight, so it's oh, so it'll hold things hold up things. against, right? And so nice. that was in my mind. Oh, well, they'll never figure they'll never figure that yeah. out. Like the border patrol hasn't thought of and seen everything. Right? I see, this is what people tune in for on a Monday morning is to listen on smuggling tips, and you know, you never know what we're going to talk about. It is Monday, isn't it? <laughs> it is Monday. Boy, we're just going to really kick it off right out of the gate aren't we boy i tell you what well we should probably take a brief pause because we've got all kinds of things no actually those are normal size hands right get it pause brief pause okay. <laughs> bad jokes that's the type of monday we're having very funny i do want to mention we do have the bach and barbecue coming up in june as long as well as the oci uh permian chapter luncheon we'll be speaking at and the shale energy resources trade show down in midland texas the williston basin petroleum Conference. Conference coming up next, oh boy, a couple weeks in May. Uh, energy expo- just, uh, energy Exposition in September 1st through the 2nd. And then the Aramco Brats reunion in... Uh, Labor Day. Labor Day. That's like yep. the 3rd through the 6th? Is that right? Uh, well, 2nd through the 6th. Uh, yeah. Okay, real fifth. quick before we get just two minutes. Uh, uh, explain Aramco Brats. So Ramco Bratz is... Is it with an A or an R? B-R-A-T-S. No. A Ramco... Or- A-R-A-M-C-O. Okay. Ramco. So it is a Ramco a Bratz. Ramco. Because yep. it was Ramco at one time. I think so. Or Shell. Or it was... When it first started out, Standard Oil. Standard Oil. Yeah. And then it was Ramco. Yeah. And then a Ramco. So a Ramco is, you know, the largest oil company in the world. Or it, it's called Saudi Aramco, I believe now. But it had... It does have several compounds in Saudi Arabia that used to be uh, mostly populated by Americans, Australians, New Zealand, Britons. Still is, right? Still is. Although I mean, the, it's... it's, it's it's more of a Saudi mix now. You know, they, they're trying. Oh, they are. Yeah. Dahran, is it mostly Saudi now? I don't think so. I think it's, but it, it's a fair percentage. Is Dahran the, where the American contractors then would live? I always thought of Dahran as sort of the capital of the Aramco camps. It was the largest and most permanent camp. What do you mean camps? Plural? Well, that's what you call them. Yeah, yeah. There there was, more than one? There was Dahran, there was uh, Rastanora, and there was Abkik. And there might have been one more, but Abcake. Abcake? Ab yeah. Sounds like something you'd order at a <laughs> Middle Eastern restaurant. Now, Rastanora was on the coast, and it was closer to the refinery. Sounds like an appetizer. Rastanora, yeah. And Dahran. Maybe a nice drink. Yeah. in it. I'd like a Rastanora with one of those cute little umbrellas, please. It does sound like that, you know? Okay. So the, the reunions have actually only been going on since about 96 or so. Um, Only? Yeah. That's 30 years, man. Not for you and me, man. 25 years. 96? That was a good year. That was like yesterday. I, I was, was in just, college. Uh, Don, uh, my first business partner, Don, who you met, mm-hmm. was over this weekend. He's moving to Georgia. He's, yep. you know, snowbirding it he's, like Brad, too. He's tired of the weather. So he, st- he stopped by, and he spent a couple days just catching up and, and wanting to say goodbye before he went down to Georgia, and he's going to go play golf, for, you know, and that sort of thing. Took and, that last train to Georgia? I mean, he'll be back Midnight next train. month. Midnight train. But right. in his mind he's, he's gone he's gone so he's had to go he's going to say goodbyes and that sort of thing and uh so you met him yeah you, you met him and um interesting guy uh we were talking about 1983 and i looked at him and i said 
Don, do you realize 1983 was essentially 40 years ago? And he stopped and he looked at me, and he's 76. Yeah. Did okay. he slap you for being he's so He's 76, insolent? and he acts like a 40-year-old, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, he does. He's, oh, he's more, he's more spry of a chicken than I am, right? He was a hell of a lot more awake at 9 o'clock at night than I was. Isn't that true? <laughs> oh, he was just getting going. He was just wound up, man. So, uh, anyway, he, um, he looked at me, and he said, oh, it has been that long. He couldn't believe it either. Yeah. I mean, when you actually stop and take a moment... Things that were, it seemed like yesterday yeah. in pop culture. Yeah. Just boom, yeah. gone 40 years ago. Anyway, well, and so. t- you know, times like that, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I only actually lived in Saudi Arabia for about nine years. That doesn't, my memories seem like decades of it, right? Yeah, but you because were I was second grade. Yeah, I was second to, grade to, to 15. You out. So that, that, that time period of your life that seems to take forever was where I spent my childhood but okay so when you when you hit 16 they kick you out right yeah ninth grade was the last grade there. and it had to do with alcohol and social pressures and, i think so yeah and, well that was part of it alcohol sure. drugs all that stuff was severely illegal right you know and you, so you guys might that they might didn't want it. people getting their dad's fired for that some people did you well, know totally you know you get you get fired for it so yeah they kick you out and so you'd go to <laughs> They give you the option to go to a boarding school. It was a school. golden parachute kick out because they're basically, they paid like 70 or 80% of uh, your schooling. Yeah, they give you a great opportunity mm-hmm. to go. And, well, because really, I mean, you, you know, we, we joke and are snarky and this and that, but the, the harsh reality is, is that uh, Saudi Arabia has got some very different laws mm-hmm. and uh, American children are going to are, have got historically like sex drugs and rock and roll yeah okay and if you get caught sex drugs and rock and roll in saudi arabia that might be the end of your life see what i don't understand you is might why be in jail the yeah. rest of your life there's at least one or two people i know that they i'm pretty sure they died in that jail that, that's what i'm saying yeah. and so that knowing that the oil company is like well we better offer some very good alternatives mm-hmm. Hey, how about 90% of your boarding school paid yeah. for? Yeah, and they flew us back. Yeah. You know, they paid they gave you a they gave your parents a certain amount of money for your ticket and then my parents would get me the cheapest flight right. possible. And what ticks me <laughs> off, and this is really what irritates me, and this is what when I when I when I dog on like NDSU and mm. and and my which is my alma mater by the that's, way that's your alma mater I paid a ton thousands of dollars to go to school there mm. so I feel I have the right and they're actually, always asking you for more money and and I feel <laughs> I've got the right to say this that if they're teaching kids how to be entrepreneurs mm. then they should teach them the harsh reality that in Saudi Ramco the reason they did what they did is because the harsh reality is is that. That your dad would have had to quit. Yeah, he would have been fired. Basically, he, well, yeah. no, no, he would have had to quit. Yeah, or risk you mm-hmm. being a teenager. Exactly. So instead, they're like, "Well, the compromise is let's give the dad and the mom or whoever it might be. In your case, it was mm-hmm. the dad, the opportunity to stay employed, making a good wage, yep. and bettering his kids' opportunity and future by sending them to." A boarding school, and you said you had many choices. Dude, I, some of my friends went to uh, international boarding schools in Switzerland. I mean, I could have gone almost anywhere I wanted as right. long as I could get in. And this was heavily subsidized by the private company. Yeah. And known I think it was as, about 70 or 80% of it. Right, not the government. No. No, this was, this was the oil and gas Although, company. 
That's the interesting thing about Aramco is that basically you're talking about one and the same. No, no. Yeah. Yeah, but that's different, though. It's kind of like China where it's like, okay, it's a it's a company, but, but it's owned by the government. Yeah. But they still have to operate as a business in Absolutely. the global marketplace. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, and they so. still have to be able to attract Western talent to come totally. there and create an environment that's you know safe for them. But, but what I wanted to spotlight was is I think what's been happening over the last you know 20 years is people have been looking at the one-sided coin of the negative mm-hmm. instead of looking at the positive, which is, no, actually, this oil and gas company created a lot of additional opportunity instead of holding everybody back. Well, you know, and that's that's the thing is that you, you can... There's a lot of things about the culture in Saudi Arabia that I might disagree with or I might actually be you know, offended by or whatever, but you can't discount the advantages that I got as a result right. of my dad working there. And you've never worked in oil and gas. Never. But I have had every opportunity in my life, whether I took it or squandered it, came initially from us moving from Tucson, Arizona, where we were on food stamps. To Saudi Arabia, where we had an allowance, where we had clothing, where you know all that stuff. So, and yeah. you mentioned your first family vacation came my we, after your dad got hired. Yeah, our first family vacation we went to Mexico, and then oh, what did yeah, you smuggle back there? <laughs> anyway, I think my brother. I'm not sure. I think I had more than one. I don't remember now. Pepsi, <laughs> Pepsi, yeah, Pe- Peppy, yeah. We brought back Peppy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, the reason we're talking about this is because we are adding another event to our ever-growing calendar of live and local recording sessions, and we're going international on this one, baby. Boo! So much so, I had to say, baby. What the heck? It's Monday morning, and I'm about thrown in the towel <laughs> 20 minutes ago on this on this uh, show already. But we need some more coffee. So uh, Sterling's Ramco Brats, a Ramco Brats, they have this network of you know really 70 years of Dahran being a city. So yep. anyone who's ever lived in there, gone to school in there, been a part of that, is open to go right to this. Yeah, yeah, and, and in fact, there's people that go there that weren't living in Aramco, but they were living, say, at the American consulate outside of Dahran. Or so, if you were part you know. of these this appetizer or drink, what's the name of these towns? <laughs> Abkick. Rastanora and Dahran. Of course, ab cake does sound a little bit like an entree. Sounds like a flatbread to me. I mean, it's actually, it sounds like something that would be delicious with goat cheese. Sounds like a fish dish in my life. Well, it's on the coast. Well, see, there There you go. There you go, man. Sounds like a fish cake or something. um, (laughs) So can they go? Oh, yeah. Oh, they can go, Yeah, they're all the Ramcons. Yeah, it's just different camps, but Aramco owns them. And I think there was like five or six originally, but then by the time I moved over there, they pretty much condensed them down to Rastanor and Dahran. So are there schools in each one? Mm Mm-hmm. Abcake was the smallest camp, but I have some friends that that's where they were raised, and then they moved to Dahran because they were closing that camp down, I believe. So now that Dahran has got a lot more Saudi influence, Mm -hmm. is that right? Is there, is there a high school there yet? Oh, yeah. There's still... Well, no, 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 not a high school. I'm not pretty sure school. it's still the same arrangement. It's yeah. kindergarten through ninth grade. And then... Yeah. We don't want any problems. Yep. Yeah. We don't want any problems. The problem is, is they let us come back. And honestly, <laughs> I wasn't doing any of the stuff they were worried about when I was there, but it was when I would come back on vacation for two or three weeks that all my friends would get into shenanigans. Dude, you could go downtown and buy nitrous over the counter. I mean, it was that, you know, it was a weird, weird place. Oh, for real? For real. You just go down to the medical gas supply company. I'd, yeah. There was a whole summer where friends of mine were driving around in their cars with a 
canister of nitrous on the front seat. Yeah, not me. I was more of a whippet oh, guy. Oh, boy. That's fun. Right. Just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't want to get too far off the deep end here. Those you, types of stories and more. But yeah, my, my point is, is that the whole reason they kicked us out was all the stuff we ended up doing when they let us back in every year to renew our visas. So, oh, man, I tell you, by the time I was 16, the cops had brought me home to my parents a dozen times. So <laughs> I can't imagine what they do in Saudi Arabia. Trust me. Oh, man. I got no problems with it. Well, comes you know to how they punish natives. For stealing, it's they chop your hand it's off. It's a hand for murder. It's, oh, do they still chop your hand off? I don't know that they do it as much. They just don't tell you about yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, when I lived there, there. No, used, no, no. This was a farming yeah. accident. No, no, no. They used to. Uh, they used to do it publicly. They used to do those publicly. Like they would. They would close when off a section they of stop town. Doing that. I'd have to check that out. I think it was around the time, like the seventies or early eighties, where that stopped being as much of a thing. So our lifetime mm-hmm. in Saudi. Saudi Arabia, they were still doing the Mayan style of theater. I don't, yeah, I don't pretend to understand. You know what I'm talking about, right? Well, it was an effect. The Mayans would rip out your heart. It was a deterrent. And show it to everybody. Yeah. And blah. And that's theater, pal. That is flat out sadistic theater. Well, if you you behead somebody or you take a hand for. I forgot about the French. Right. They would do that publicly. That was. Yeah. Yeah. In Saudi, I believe it was done by a sword. Back in the day, you know, the, the big old, yeah, but that's role play in theater. Holy you know, crap. Again, I don't under, I'm not an expert on the culture, but one of the things you got to keep in mind is that for the most part, Saudi Arabia started out as a bunch of Bedouin tribes, right? So a lot of tribal culture, maybe animosity, things like that. And there had to be a pretty strict and ruthless law system to keep things in order. Is that where the curved saber came from? I don't know if that's why, but you're talking about the uh, was scimitar or scimitar. It's it, yes, the yes. scimitar sword, yeah. Um, because it, it that was seemed to be the weapon of choice over there, there. which which is a very interesting because that means they were moving all the time, right? right? <laughs> I mean, every day, well, right? That's how that was. Yeah. You had to be moving fast. Mm-hmm. So were you riding a cam? Uh, not a camel? I have no idea. But no, anyway. they were into camels. Yeah, man. So yeah, <sighs> yeah, right off the beaten path we have gone. These stories and more at the Ramco's <laughs> reunion. What, okay, so let's talk about the reunion because we're adding this. And so for folks, if, if you really want some unbelievable stories like we were just talking about, and you probably won't get a lot of business done, but you will meet international contacts. At the end of the day, every single person at this reunion either works for Saudi Aramco or they've got a six degrees to Kevin Bacon to Saudi yeah. Ramco. Like you, for example, you do not work in oil and gas. No. But you are part of a network of thousands of people who at any given time you could probably reach out to a handful of them who actually work for the largest oil company yep. in the world. And I think that's why they call us the brats, you know, is because we were these sort of privileged, got to live overseas, huh. got to travel, you, got to... recognize your privilege. Uh, absolutely, man. Well... I didn't, you know, I was growing up in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, we were poor. My dad was working as a radio station DJ and night school, you know, engineering courses. Got that job. It changed our life 100%. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what's interesting, actually. They talk about the country club economics, which is mm-hmm. coming. And 
what you're talking about is you came from privilege, but you recognized it. Mm -hmm. And that's really what America was built on was, yeah, the privilege might have been in control, but they recognized it. So there was the trickle down and there was this. Now it's just flat out the country club, country club. Yeah economics and it's all they used to call it frat boy economics but then the sororities got (laughs) not mad but people wanted to point the fingers at the sororities and say equal opportunity offender so then just became country club which is an elite club essentially at the end of the day who do not recognize their entitlement but at least in this country there used to be sort of a sense of privilege came responsibility and that's what i mean there used to be an awareness Uh, social or societal responsibility to and after the last 10 trillion dollars they just printed out i don't think people understand those entitlements anymore they they just feel like they're entitled entitlements what's the trouble with entitlements is that once you start them it's very difficult to stop i mean it's really hard it's like the bank that accidentally gives you an extra couple thousand dollars it's not your fault you get happy. And I mean, who's real- going to give that back, right? Well, who's going to want to give it back, right? <laughs> so here's to watching the clocks of our grandfathers. And here's to stopping and a picking flowers. And here's to not letting this moment pass you by. So here's to the picture that holds us laughing And here's to the sound of one hand clapping And here's to not letting this moment pass The music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life, Play Hard, Work Hard, is sponsored in part by Chewy Paws. All-natural elk, deer, moose, and caribou antler chews for dogs. USA-sourced premium quality and no preservatives. They love what we do in oil and gas, and all profits go to the dogs. That's Chewy Paws. Check out their website, ChewyPaws.com. That's ChewyPaws with a Z, dot com. The Crude Life, Play Hard, Work Hard, is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an 
industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Time now to work hard on the Swan Energy phone lines. Kate Hornbrook, Ace Fluid Solutions. Let's start off about Ace Fluid Solutions first because my understanding is you recently have some new crew members, some new teammates, some new colleagues, if you will, and even a new name. So uh, talk about the new name and then we'll get into the Oilfield Connections event. So, yes, we recently just changed our company name from Ace Completions to Ace Fluid Solutions because we just merged with, well, we just completed our merge with Terra Oilfield Services. So um, instead of keeping the Ace Completions name and or the Terra name, we decided to go with Ace Fluid Solutions. Uh, We're going to be having new swag. We've got a new logo, all of our email addresses and signatures have changed. So it's exciting. It's definitely a new step forward that brings the water treatment side to our chemical services. So it's exciting. Definitely. What is it you guys are doing now? Uh, Whether it's new services you're adding through Terra or just, you know, eliminating through just, you know, focusing on one area, just kind of what, what is the new service package, if you will, from uh, so Ace, Ace Fluids? Ace Fluid Solutions. Okay. There we go. So essentially, um, Ace Completions, we provided chemicals, bulk frat chemicals to be exact, and now we will be offering water treatment services alongside of that. So it kind of encompasses the whole frat completions operation now. Oh, can't wait to sit down and have our next industrial forest meeting in June to find out how exactly we can use recycled frack water to water the trees for the industrial forest down in the Permian. But that's a different discussion for a different day. That's what we call a tease in the industry, folks. (laughs) But the next tease is going to be for Kate Hornbrook and OCI, Oilfield Connections International. She is the president of the Permian Chapter, and they have an event coming up. So let's do the rundown, the dates, the sponsors, the speakers. Let's let's do it. So our next event is going to be on May 6th, um, our usual first Thursday of the month. Um, our speaker is going to be Mick Hager with Canine Pipeline Inspections. Um, and, I mean, who doesn't love dogs? I know you do. So I think that'll be a great speaker to have. Um, it's going to be from 11.30 to 1.30 at the Rolling Sevens Ranch in Odessa. Um, our sponsor is Permian Lide, Permian Tank. Um, and then some of the proceeds from the event will be going to the OHH Rig Rider member who was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. So hopefully that'll be able to uh, give him a little bit of donation to, to help out with that because I think we all know that uh, cancer is super detrimental and, and is a financial burden, no doubt. Send me some links and information on that. We'll make sure we get it up at the Crude Life as well. Awesome. I definitely will. And we'll even put it in the social media rotation and uh, et cetera. So uh, Mick Hager, Canine Pipe Inspection, she's the featured speaker. Is that right? Yes. Yes, she is. And you mentioned Permian Line and Tank? Permian Lide, L-I-D-E. L-I-D-E. Permian Lide. Okay. Yep. Sorry about that. I just wanted to make sure. No, no, I, it's I was, hard to tell. 
Oh, it is. And, you know, there is lines being used in the oil and gas, too. So I wanted to clarify on that. Permian Lied and Tank, I believe they're even out of Belfouche. They've got offices in uh, Denver, Belfouche, and down in the Permian. No, they're a pretty big operation, yeah. so uh, we're happy to have them as a sponsor for the event. We have radio stations in Belfouche. That's why I know this. We've got, um, well, we actually have the Belfouche radio station, and then we've got Newcastle and then Sundance as well on the uh, eastern side of Wyoming, so we can reach the Casper market and Gillette market. And for me, the Black Hills, because, oh, I'd love to retire in the Black Hills someday. Just have always had a spiritual connection to that place. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> uh, so, okay, so that's coming up. And then uh, g- give us the rundown one more time. When is the date? And uh, is, is there a charge? Can you Do you have to be a member? Can you not so, be a member? So May 6th is the date um, from 1130 to 130, Rolling Sevens Ranch. Um there is a charge for the luncheon. If you're a member, it's $20. If you're not a member, it's $25. To become a member, you can go to the Oilfield Connections website. It's a $35 annual charge. Or for corporate membership, it's $300, and you get five members of your corporate corporation underneath that. I know it's been growing over the last couple of years very nicely. Um, and, you know, it's kind of... It's been fun to watch grow, and I know when I went, uh, I paid, of course, the non-member because I wasn't a member at, of the Permian chapter, and um, great time. I mean, and I think, wasn't there a lunch included, too? Yes, there's always lunch included. That's what you I can't, thought. Uh, okay. You can't bring people together and not provide food, Jason. Well, I know, but you know me with my weird my weird diet, you know, being being the cancer survivor and so I, I know about that firsthand. I'm always kind of very picky with my diet. So I, I always forget. I always just kind of assume I'm going to bring my own food to any event I go to. And if there's <laughs> anything that I can eat there, I get happy on. And I usually keep that to myself because, you know, I people like me annoy me. So I generally keep it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, but okay. So, and then let's give your company one last plug too. So we've got a merger done, and, and the name of the company uh, used it's to Ace be Ace, Ace Completions, and and now we're Ace Fluid Solutions. And what was the company you merged with? Terra Oilfield Services. Terra Oilfield Solutions. Terra like an Earth. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. And then Ace Solutions. So cool, awesome. Well, how can people uh, get in touch? Do you have a new website? So, yes, uh, it's acefluids.com, but I'm actually not sure if the the new official website is up and running. We just finished up our our new LinkedIn page, so go ahead and go like that up, Ace Fluid Solutions on LinkedIn. But uh, stand by for the official uh, change of the website, which will be acefluids.com. Acefluids.com. Just go bookmark it and just keep checking back until it's up. There you go. There's your assignment for the week. Yes, stand by for it. (laughs) I'll put it on my Google alert, okay? Perfect. (laughs) Hey, everyone. This is Sean Forbes with OG Directory, uh, correspondent for the Crude Life News, talking about oil and gas industry events. You can find events by visiting ogdirectory.com. Just click on events. You can search events by the type, uh, location, date, or keyword. Uh, Today, I'm excited to have Jeff Kennedy with Shell Energy Resources on the line. 
Hey, Jeff. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for um, good. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I'm excited to talk to you about some of the events and, and conferences and things that you guys have coming up. And I wanted to be able to give you a shout and let you tell everyone about it and, and how they can uh, sponsor or register. So um, let's talk about the Shell Energy Conference and Trade Show coming up. Okay. So let us know, tell me, you know, where is it, what, what the dates are, um, who the attendees are, and all the good basics about it. Okay. Uh, we'll be at the Midland County Horseshoe Arena June 9th and 10th. Uh, Wednesday's show will run from 9 to 5, and then on Thursday, 9 to 2. Um, we've got several different events going on in conjunction with the show throughout those two or three days. Uh, American Association of Drilling Engineers, they're going to be having their first luncheon since back before COVID started early last year. Uh, they'll be doing that there at the show. So that's going to, they're, they're looking at 350, 400 drilling engineers, um, taking part in their luncheon and then also being on the trade show floor as well. And then, uh, we've got the Oilfield Helping Hands Black Gold Bash Wednesday night of the, of the show. Uh, that'll be at Roland Sevens Ranch. Aaron Watson, text recording artist, will be performing at that. And then uh, Thursday, Oilfield Connections International will be having a luncheon on uh, the show floor as well. So uh, lots going on, lots of uh, lots of lunches, lots of happy hours. The Permian Pipeliners Association will be doing a happy hour on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, so you know, there's a lot going on throughout the event. Uh, so the AADE luncheon, they're actually, they've got the mayor of Midland coming out to uh, to speak at that event. So that's kind of exciting, too. That's exciting. The the gold bash, the black gold bash sounds like it's going to be a good time. You said there's going to be live bands. And what day is that yeah, on? It's, uh, it'll be a Wednesday night. Uh, there's a dinner that starts that, that event off. I think it starts at 6. Um, and then... Immediately following, there's there's two bands playing. So, uh, you know, just a lot of networking, a lot of good things uh, happen. A lot of people are, are tired of being, you know, bottled up and ready to get back to business. So hopefully we can uh, provide, uh, you know, a, a place for them to do that throughout that week. Yeah, it, this sounds so exciting. I'm actually going to Houston this weekend for the Digital Wildcatters block party on Saturday. So I'm excited to get some Texas freedom down. <laughs> um, so this is, I, I understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is all happening the week of June, would you say 9th to the 15th or? Ninth, ninth and 10th. Um, We'll start setting the show up on that Monday, and then uh, we'll have an exhibitor cocktail party Tuesday night. Uh, that'll just be a little party for all of our exhibitors. We're expecting right around 200, 225 companies participating in this event, either by indoor booth space, outdoor booth space. We've got a cook-off kind of going on in the parking lot uh, out in the heavy exhibit area, so that's gonna be pretty cool. Uh, lots of good stuff coming, you know, a lot of bigger companies involved with this deal. Uh, we're, we're in talks right now with a couple of operators there, the Permian Basin, to have you know some of their executives out to speak throughout the conference as well. So you know, just 
trying to put the final touches on this thing, but I think it's going to be a really good event for a lot of folks to get involved with. Yeah, it looks it looks pretty exciting. Are there any major sponsors of the event that you'd like to talk about? Yeah, um, you know we've got we've got there's there's several. I mean, I mean there's a bunch actually, but we could talk about those for days. Sure. Uh, not really ma- major for sure, you know, for per se, but there's a lot of lot of companies involved that is that are equal. It's you know there's not one major sponsor of the event, no, other than uh, Shell Energy Resources. That's a safe, very safe answer. I like it. <laughs> if, yeah, if, I mean, I, I, I mean, we. I have to. I have to list all two hundred and whatever companies there are involved. Yeah, I just didn't know if you had different sponsorship levels where someone was kind of like a key sponsor. But if if people wanted to find out who's going to be exhibiting, is there um, somewhere for them to go to find out? There is uh, shellenergyresources.com. Uh, we've got our floor plans always up to date and live on that um so you can see you know the companies involved there's an additional 20 30 companies that aren't on that floor plan that are outside exhibits so we're we're trying to get those added to that floor plan as we speak but they're not on there just currently so you know it's filling up fast booth space is still available though we can uh we've always got room to fit some companies in if they want to show heavy equipment any of their products and services, we're, we're, we're more than willing to, you know, stick them on the floor plan and, and, and work with them. Sounds awesome. As of, as of now, I'm planning on being there. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it and appreciate you all putting this conference together. And um, especially in light of the restrictions that have been lifted in Texas, I think this is going to be an ex- exciting and just refreshing event for everyone to attend. So appreciate you putting it together. You bet. You know, I I agree with that statement just from the point of, you know, we did a big golf tournament in March and, you know, we had right at 520 players in a golf tournament with right at 50 sponsors. That told us right there what we needed to know. People were ready to get out and just going back to doing business the old fashioned way. And that's, you know, Face to face. Look a man in the eye and shake your hand. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I'm excited about it. Um, once again, if people want to get a hold of you, um, how can they do that? Well, they can email me at jeff at shellenergyresources.com. Real simple. My phone's always available, 903-736-8506. And every bit of information is um you're able to get it through our website, shellenergyresources.com. Awesome, Jeff. Well, I appreciate the time, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Yes, Sean, thank you for the opportunity, and uh, we look forward to seeing you. Thanks. Exclusive interview industry news, environmental innovation at thecrudelife.com.
with Jason Spies. Thank you for joining the program today. You know, I, I come from an oil background. My family's been in the oil and gas industry for 60 years. I, I think the thing with the younger generation is the younger generation has pretty much bought into the climate change phenomenon. They really believe everything that people tell them. We just want to thank everybody that has been so supportive of us and especially you, Jason. Without without your help, I don't think our event would be as successful as it is. So I, I don't want to be real critical of them because being a guy who's, you know, dad has several small businesses and, and coming from that sort of small business background, I get it. I mean, the, the, the operators here were put in a real bad position by the state of North Dakota. I'm glad that we've got people like you to pay attention and bring us information on stuff like this. Prices can't go any lower for services. I, I, they're, they're too low right now. I, our margins are in the single percentage point if we're lucky, and we're not lucky that often. You're exactly right. ESG is becoming more and more important to shareholders. I can speak for my 20 companies. They take it very serious. It makes perfect sense, and I thought you had a really good show last week. Jason, I love your inquisitive questions because you you ask important questions that that lead to the most important truths. Hey, this is Kevin Kramer representing proudly the state of North Dakota in the United States Senate. Talking to Jason Spies, who's like the best energy interviewer in the world. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. We all like living the crude life, so... <laughs> The Crude Life with host Jason Spies. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk with U.S. Senator Kevin Kramer right here on the Crude Life Daily Update. Yeah. One of the considerations in the environmental impact statement that they're forced to do, remember, Energy Transfer Partners and, and, their, and their partners built the Dakota Access Pipeline in that place because that's where they were legally that's where their legal easement is. That's what was granted to them. That was that, that was a legal process, both at the state and the federal level. One of the considerations is to consider another route. Uh, and by the way, specifically, it was it was brought to them by the the uh, one of the politicals at the Corps of Engineers that they considered this northern route that had previously been considered. And that northern route would be upstream from another thousands of people, including thousands of Native Americans, would be in, would be further downstream from, from this pipeline. So if that's their concern, this is, an, again, another rich irony and inconsistency, if, if not a hypocrisy. So, um, yeah, there'd be a lot of costs. Plus, the biggest problem for a lot of us is it, it stifles investment in drilling. It, it would stifle investment in drilling at the MHA Nation and McKenzie County and Williams County and all, all of the other counties uh, that enjoy the, uh, the riches of the Bakken. And remember, too, that the environmental impact statement that would continue going on, and it will be done a year by a year from now, in all likelihood, it's an environmental impact study not only on the current operation of the, of the Dakota Access Pipeline, which has been operating safely and efficiently for four years now, Jason. To listen to the full-length exclusive interview with U.S. Senator Kevin Kramer, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. While you're there, be sure to join our ever-growing army of social media energy enthusiasts on Facebook, YouTube, even the Twitters. Go to thecrudelife.com, click on the social media tab. From the staff here at the Crude Life Daily Update, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. 
our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. The music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life with host Jason Speece. So there's still people without power as of this morning. You know, right now, I think there's very limited driving out there in West Texas. They're generating about 5% of the power today uh, in, in Texas. Sensitive microphone because I just poured a glass of water because we don't have running water here yet. I mean, this, is, this has been uh, a very trying week for a lot of people across the state of Texas. Uh, there are, and, and let me just say this, I, I'm sorry that so many Texans were let down by their grid. On the phone talking with us today, Chairman Christy Craddock of the Texas Railroad Commission. We have roughly 470,000 miles of interstate and intrastate pipe and pipelines in Texas and roughly another 500,000 miles of gas utilities uh, lines in Texas. So we have a lot of, and gathering lines are in that 470,000 miles as well. So we have a lot of pipe in Texas. We're the largest pipe state by a six. It, it is a very challenging day in Texas right now. Uh, the grid operator is projecting that nearly three million homes in Texas uh, are without power today. Uh, and, and there's... It's our snowy here in Lubbock again. I mean, I don't... I thought it was supposed to be sunny today. So I'm from Odessa, and that's a big part of my district, but I also represent, uh, in addition to Hector County, uh, three other counties in the Permian Basin. So Andrews County, Hector County, Ward County, and Winkler County, but uh, all, all in West Texas, all in the middle of the oil patch. You know, when they close the roads down, we can't transport that, that those uh, those materials. And so we can't get the product to uh, where it needs to go to get refined so that we can either one, heat our homes, or two, uh, have fuel for our vehicles. Um, with pipelines, that doesn't really come into effect. You know, once the pipelines are laid, not much can stop that that crude oil or uh, natural gas from getting from point A to point B. They are so far behind the curve on getting the storage, the battery storage, uh, in place to be even be able to handle it. The, 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 you know, the most minute degree of storage for a case like what happened in Texas. And now, you know, there's going to be a spotlight on that. And just an incredible impact. We saw nearly 30 gigawatts uh, come offline yesterday. Half the gigawatts went without water since Saturday. On Friday, the Railroad Commission uh, took quick action. I know you recently had Chairman Craddock on 
will have water for until 5 p.m. and then we'll be off again for the night. On Friday, I sent a letter asking the Public Utilities Commission of Texas to rescind its order authorizing uh, these uh, uh, generators, these generators or these providers to increase the rates. You know, I don't know that's true, but I don't think I'd want to be in a hospital in Dallas, Texas on, a, on life support and know that wind energy is going to be my source of keeping that machine running, right? J.P. Warren reporting from uh, Houston, Texas at 9, 12 a.m. Uh, I don't even know what day it is right now. I think it's Wednesday. Uh, we ran out of water yesterday. I've had maybe three hours of sleep in three days. The Crude Life Play Hard, Work Hard is sponsored in part by It Takes an Industry to Build a Forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. The Crude Life Play Hard, Work Hard is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come.